Welcome to the Spiritual Life Management Podcast, where we help you bring balance in your life and live to your fullest potential with your host, Gretchen Smith. Hey there, this is Gretchen Smith, host of the Spiritual Life Management Podcast, and today's co-host is Daly Henderson. You are in for a real treat. Daly is very raw in this authentic conversation about practicing good self-care for anxiety and mental well-being. Today, I'm really excited to be here with Daly. Daly is my daughter-in-law, and I'm having her on because it is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we're going to talk about how important self-care is to us when it comes to mental health and our overall well-being. And I think that Daly has one of the best strategies and practices in her life as far as making sure that she's practicing good self-care. So Daly, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. I'm really excited to be talking with you today because I know just from afar and speaking with you, just knowing how you practice self-care in your life, that you have some great takeaways that you can share with our listeners. So I want to hand it on over to you. And if you could just share with us a little bit about how some anxiety has shown up in your life and how you've learned how to cope with it over the years, that would be amazing. Yeah. So I kind of realized that I had anxiety when I was way younger, um, around seven years old. And I always found tactics in the fact of finding time to kind of step back. I started painting quite a bit when I was really little. And that always helped me a lot because it was a way for me to wind down without even realizing that I was winding down or taking time to myself. It was a way for me to jump into something else and focus my mind on something that wasn't inward or towards myself, if that makes sense. That's one of the tactics that I have. When you say inward, can you elaborate a little bit more on that? I've, I'm the type of person where whenever I'm feeling just overwhelmed, I get really bad anxiety. So I'm a people pleaser. So I constantly am trying to do the right thing by everyone else. And with that comes a lot of anxiety and the fact that I don't want to disappoint anyone which has caused me to kind of look more inward on the fact that I don't need to please anyone but myself so I can be better for other people. When I was younger, I would look more towards wanting to do right by others. So a way for me to kind of step back from that and try not to focus on what other people wanted so much, I would start painting. And that was a way not only in a distraction form, but in a way that it just quieted my mind so I could focus on something outward. I'm really happy that you spoke up about your painting. Painting is actually a form of meditation and it really allows us to let go of those thoughts and feelings that we may be harboring or, you know, struggling to deal with. And it provides an amazing outlet. Yeah, it's wonderful. And when do you find that you really need to sit down and really focus on the painting or having that outlet for your anxiety? It kind of just depends on on the day or the week. Last night, I was telling my husband that I hadn't painted in about two weeks. And I, I manage a bar, so we're getting ready to reopen um, next week and start phase one of North Dakota getting back from COVID-19. So I've been dealing with a lot of stress with work because I'm not only running a bar when we're on the downtime of the pandemic, but I'm also running it when we're going to be opening again. Things like that can be, they can be really stressful. So I realized that I wasn't, I wasn't painting that often 
in the last couple of weeks. I have days where I don't need to paint and I can just check in with myself mentally and I'm doing okay. But then I have other days where I just know like I need to take an hour, even if I'm staying up later, to paint and have that meditation time with myself because it quiets my mind and it makes me just get back to who I am and reflect without even knowing that I'm reflecting on what I need to do for myself. It just kind of depends on the day. Right. But I like that you said that, you know, you really need to check in with yourself. And I think that's really important because self-care is not just something that you should really do once in a while. It's something that should be more of a routine so that we do have that time to really check in with ourselves. Yes, exactly. What other areas do you use that checking in with yourself in your life? I use it every single day, probably about every couple of hours or so. Just being someone who has dealt with anxiety for so long, you find little little ways to kind of check in and listen to your body um, and listen to your mind. So I use it every couple hours throughout my day. Just I'll take a minute and step back and just ask myself, like, how are you doing? Do you need to breathe? Are you talking too quickly? Are you trying to get everything done at once? How are you feeling? And if I feel like I'm just a little bit more overwhelmed, I can tell that my energy is off. Other people can tell that my energy is off and I will just take a step outside. So I usually check in with myself every couple of hours. Mm -hmm. And I love how you say that you just step outside as well, because that's a great way to just recalibrate and get recentered so that you can go back at it again, whatever that may be, whether it's in the workplace or at home or whatever you're dealing with in your life. Yeah, I think it's a really fantastic thing. It's something that I try to teach my employees as well is that if you are feeling like you are overwhelmed or if you need a break, you need to take that break because you can't do your best if you're not feeling your best. Exactly. And I think that's so important. It really just goes back to what you said earlier that if we're focused on taking care of others, whether it be people in our life, our loved ones, or if we're in the workplace environment where we're taking care of others, we absolutely can't be our best self if we're experiencing stress and anxiety. Often we are all just so busy looking out for others that we forget that we have to take care of ourselves. Yeah, it can be really, really tough to look back on you or look inward when you're trying to constantly focus on outward and making sure everyone else is happy. Right. And tell me a little bit about the support that you have or how that works with your relationship as far as making time for yourself and caring for yourself. So I have been with my husband since I was 17 years old, and we kind of went through a lot of changes within the first couple of years that we were together. When we first started dating, he could immediately pick up on the fact that I get overwhelmed by a lot of personalities or trying to do my best all the time, and I'm someone who's very hard on myself. So being in a relationship with someone who shows you that they love you in so many different ways but the main way of showing that they love you is checking in and checking to see how you're doing is very important. So when my husband and I first started dating, he could tell that I was, if I was in my head too much and he's had times where he'll look at me and just be like, let's go for a walk. And we won't even have to say anything. He will just know that I need to go for a walk or I need to get outside or I need to pull myself out of a situation. He's had times where he's just looked at me and held my hand and just said, come back to me because he can tell that I'm getting way too overwhelmed or way too in my own mind. And he knows that that is my biggest form of anxiety is I just get too clouded in my own, in my own mind. So that is something that is very 
very important, I think, in our relationship and something that we take very seriously. I love that. I think that's so important. I'm so happy you touched on that because whether you're listening to this podcast and you're an individual that's really struggling with self-care and possibly anxiety, stress, or other mental health issues, or whether you are that person that's supporting someone that has that type of challenge in your life, it's really important to be able to recognize it in yourself and others and take time out to really help that individual that might be struggling or yourself and work on it. And if that means that you need to go take a walk and clear your head, then I think that's an excellent way of handling the situation. And how do you feel when you come back from your walk? Usually, I feel a lot lighter. I think when you're in a relationship with someone who you deeply trust and acknowledge and they meet you, not only halfway, but they sometimes you have days where you're, you're only giving 50% and they're meeting you at the other 50 or you're giving only 70% and they're giving the other 30. You know, like you constantly meet with where you need to be having a significant other who really looks into that every time that we go for a walk or we pull ourselves aside, I always feel way, just way more light and healthy and happy. That's beautiful. And I think that's just a a great way to really change the energy in your life. You know, it's interesting that we're exploring this topic because in the United States, almost half of the adults, 46% will experience a mental health illness during their lifetime. And that's just an an astounding number. I think it's just critical that we all really pay close attention to how we are doing as well as our loved ones, because anyone could be suffering from this at any time. Mental health doesn't have to be, you know, some sort of extraordinary diagnosis either. It can be the everyday anxiety, which we're talking about today, or little stresses. And it's just so important to be aware of what's taking place in our own life as well as our people that we care about. You also touched on the thoughts that you you know, have to deal with if you're dealing with a lot going on in your life and so on and so forth. Did you know that we have 60,000 thoughts a day and 80% are negative thoughts? I didn't know it was that staggering of a number, but I 100% believe that. And I believe that 80% of them are negative thoughts. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that we do have so much negative self-talk, negative thoughts in our life. So it's really important that we switch that around and we try to focus on more positive. How do you change the energy up in your life? You mentioned that you Uh, go outside, like you give little breaks, you go outside, you take a walk, but I believe you have some other tactics as well. So a lot of the time when I feel like I'm being a little bit more harsh on myself, my husband talked to me about how you don't talk to others the way that you talk to yourself. Why would you speak to yourself that way? So I think being a little bit more nurturing of that, that's really important. I have other tactics that I use as well where I just kind of like to put myself to bed earlier whenever I'm getting a little bit more out of sorts. Um, I will put essential oils in my lotion and put it, rub it on my body. And usually it's like sleep essential oils or something like that and making sure that I get a good night's sleep. When it comes to take care of yourself, it's more than just face masks and other things. It's more so nurturing yourself from within. And they're more in the long run of self-care is I drink water way more. Like I'll wake up and have 16 ounces of water in the morning before I have anything else because that kind of gets my body moving Mm -hmm. and it's what my body essentially needs. There's just little things that people can do and you're not going to find it maybe right away or what works for one person might not work for another. 
but things that really bring you joy, that's what you should really listen to. And it's kind of like the softer joys in life, I think. So if you're happy just sitting, reading a book for five minutes or learning a language, something that makes you happy, I think that's another form of self-care that doesn't have to be zoned into your phone or to watching TV or anything like that. I completely agree. And I think it's beautiful the way you put it with the softer joys in life because often those are overlooked and they're not thought of as self-care when they really are. And taking time out to focus on that is so important. Along the lines of that, you mentioned learning a new language. Self-care can also be just learning things in general or doing things that are stimulating and progressive and make you happy, such as playing a new instrument or you touched on earlier painting. And you're absolutely correct in the fact that everyone has their own unique gift that really brings them joy. And we need to just find that and hone in on that. And often we have to go back to our childhood if we're struggling and think of what brought us joy when we were younger in our life. Is it music? Is it painting? Is it pottery? Was it just being out in the outdoors, hiking? You know, what is that that brings us some joy in our life? Yeah, exactly. I think that finding things that looking back and seeing what maybe you wanted to do when you were younger also, like I've always told myself that I was going to learn a new language and never really went for it because I just had negative thoughts telling me that I was never going to get there or that I wasn't good enough to do so. I think learning how to teach yourself to stop being so negative to yourself and going for what you actually want to do is very important as well. Because ultimately, you are going to be your biggest setback, but you're also going to be your greatest supporter. Absolutely. So what do you do to keep a positive mindset throughout the day? Again, going back and checking in mentally, one of my favorite things that I tell myself is that time's going to pass anyway. One of the worst things I think you can pair with having stress and anxiety is being a procrastinator. So (laughs) I used to be the type of person where I would just say, I'll do it later. I'll, I'll do it later. But that doing things later kind of never gets done. Um, And it kind of creates a clutter, not only in your mind, but it creates a clutter in your home. So let's say you don't want to do laundry one day or you don't want to do the dishes at the moment. Mm -hmm. I think creating a routine of making sure that you're doing those small things kind of helps later on and it clears your mind of any type of clutter, but also it makes you happier because time's going to pass anyway. So you might as well just get things done now. One of the things that I try and say to myself whenever I'm, I'm feeling like there's a little bit more drama is this is not worth my energy. This is not worth being upset. This is not worth having negative thoughts about. If you're looking into someone else or you're having someone bring something to you regarding someone else, so let's say gossip, understanding that the way that you talk about someone else is ultimately what you're really truly saying of yourself. So to me, whenever I fraught with those situations, I just always think there's no need for judgment because I don't want someone judging me that way. Right. Absolutely. And nothing good comes out of judgment. No, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about brain dumping. In other words, if you're all wound up with thoughts in your head, you express that you often go to painting and that helps really relax you and whatnot. Do you have any other methods or tactics when you have a lot of stuff going on in your mind for just getting it out 
brain dumping? Yes and no. Most of the time, I just, if I'm having a hard time, I do reach out to someone that I know that is going to be there for me um, Mm -hmm. or going to understand. Usually it is confiding in someone else. And sometimes that's tough to do because you don't want to you don't want to seem like you're pushing all of your problems on another person, but it is very good to do. Recently, I have found that connecting with other people, even if there's no rhyme or reason to doing so, just because you're having that social interaction, I think with everything going on right now with COVID-19, people are having a hard time finding ways to connect without being with social distancing. So recently I have reconnected with some friends from high school that I haven't talked to in years just for the fact that we drifted apart. But now every Friday night we do a Zoom call and there's usually anywhere from three to 10 of us in a Zoom call and we just all reconnect. And that's really helped with everything going on and with my mental health and just finding ways to help myself. Right. It gives you that connection and that support with others that maybe you would be lacking in a situation with COVID where we don't have that outlet where we used to be able to go hang out with others or connect and talk with others. Yeah, exactly. So that's been really helpful as well. Um, And I think just Also finding ways to having a phone call with a family member or a friend, something like that, I think is really important because that way you're still connecting. And I think that's a way to also let other people know that you're thinking of them and that you're really interested in what's going on in their life. That's beautiful because generally that's reciprocated as well. Every single time that I've reached out to someone else, I always get a return phone call or it comes full circle. And I think that building relationships just on a genuine level is really important to not only helping yourself, but again, to helping other people. Right. I completely agree with that. One thing that I've noticed that you do quite often as well is you have to be one of the most encouraging individuals I know as far as really putting out some great words of wisdom on social media and uh, really empowering and encouraging words as well. How does that assist you in your self-care? I think being really candid on social media is really important. Like for me, I am not someone who wants to like say that I have it all together. And I think social media and the way that you portray yourself on social media can be so different from the way that you are in real life. So as much as I love seeing other people always being happy, I know that that's not always the case. So for me, I try to be as true to who I am, not only in real life, but on social media. So for me, that really helps because I'm holding myself accountable with the social platform. The way that I sculpt myself on social media, I want to be as as transparent as possible. So that helps me because it keeps me accountable by posting honesty, mm-hmm. if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So I'm very candid about what I'm going through or stuff of that sort. So I th- that helps me because it's stuff that I would want to see right, and that I would want to read about. Absolutely. And I absolutely love words of wisdom, affirmations, encouraging, thought-provoking sayings, poems, anything along those lines that really helps build up your self-care and your esteem, your whatever it is that you're dealing with. Just having that positive reaffirmation or affirmation put back at you is really uplifting. Yeah, I think that it's something that most people should see. And even if it's for a quick scroll through, but if it's something that people can see just as a little reminder of you're doing great and things are tough right now, but they're not going to be tough forever. 
or, you know, like try your best, just even if it's the most cliche affirmation, or if it's something that puts any type of positivity out for someone else to see, it's helpful. Right. I've noticed you've put a lot of uh, great quotes out as well. Are you looking for something specific or is that just something you happen to stumble upon? Usually it's things that I just stumble upon. I do have days where I'll be feeling a little bit out of sorts and I'll be looking for something to help me. Usually I just look up happiness quotes. I follow a lot of like self-care Instagrammers and usually it's things that I just stumble upon and I just want to share it because it helped me. So maybe it's going to help someone else. Let's circle back to sleep. You mentioned sleep earlier, and that is a great self-care practice, and I think it's vital. You mentioned that you sprinkle essential oils on your pillow, correct? Yeah, I have a bed spray that is from Bath and Body Works, mm-hmm. and it's a it's just a pillow mist, and you just spray it on your pillow, and it's a stress relief pillow mist, mm-hmm. and you can spray it right before you go to sleep, right before you lay your head down, or you can put it on throughout the day. It depends on whatever you would like. It also makes your room smell really nice, but it is something where right when I lay down, I just want to put my phone away. I don't even want to look at it, and I just want to go right to sleep. That's great. Yeah, sleep is absolutely so important when it comes to being balanced and having good self-care and good mental health. Along with sleep, what's really important is that we also really pay attention to the food that we're eating, making sure that we're not having, you know, too many sweets or too much caffeine or even alcohol before we go to bed at night. Exercise is really important. And then the brain dumping, and you can brain dump by writing down things that are on your mind or lists or things that you need to do. So it's out of your system and you don't have to worry about it anymore before you go to bed. But one thing that I really want to share with our listeners is the fact that often people get themselves really caught up in their sleep and they can actually be worrying about not getting enough sleep or getting too much sleep or, uh uh-oh, I'm not going to go to sleep tonight because I'm so worried about X, Y, or Z. That's something that we just need to really put on the back burner. Everybody's sleep pattern is completely different. We shouldn't be stuck in getting a certain amount of hours, such as eight hours. Everyone's rhythm is completely different. The more that you're caught up in how much sleep you're getting, the more anxiety you can actually cause yourself. Yes. I'm the type of person where I sleep better if I have less sleep or I feel more rejuvenated if I get less sleep. So instead of the standard eight hours, if I get six hours, I'm way happier throughout the day. And I feel like I'm doing better throughout my day. And I wake up just happier. I wake up feeling like I want to get out of bed and I want to go work out or I want to go take my dog for a walk or whatever that is. So I have never understood something more than what you just said because you hear you're supposed to get an average of eight hours of sleep or 10 hours of sleep, depending on the type of person. And you try to hold yourself to that standard with sleeping. But at the same time, I don't think that that goes for every single person. I completely agree. I have a Fitbit that I wear to bed at night and I know I was very sleep deprived for many, many years. And when I got it, I started looking at my sleep quality every day. I became almost just obsessed with it. Now that I look back, I see that was absolutely ridiculous. I need to be more focused on my own rhythm. Yeah. like, And my husband can sleep for 12 hours and feel great. I'm the type of person, if I sleep more than eight hours, I wake up feeling even more tired than when I went to bed. Exactly. So it's, it's finding your rhythm. Yes, exactly. I love the sleep routine. I think that's, uh, that's wonderful. And we should all have a sleep routine. 
you know, they often say as well that our bedroom should be our sleep sanctuary. Nothing else should really happen in the bedroom, such as, you know, have a home office in your bedroom or anything like that. That should just be a place where we can really go settle down and relax. We use our bedroom just for sleeping. I'll do laundry in here, but we don't come in here unless we're going to sleep. I think that's very wise. I want to also segue into forgiving yourself and just knowing that every day that you're putting your best foot forward, I think that's so important when it comes to self-care is just not being too harsh on yourself in general. We talked about sleep and not being harsh on ourselves for how much or how little sleep we get, but it's also just really important to just know that every day we're doing the best that we can. And if we didn't maybe do so well with our diet or exercise that we forgive ourselves at the end of the day and the next day is a do-over and not putting too much emphasis on it. Yeah, I think being learning to be really forgiving, that's the number one. I think health benefit or mental health benefit is learning to forgive yourself. Whether it's for a cheat meal or not working out or saying something that maybe you shouldn't have said, that's really important to forgive yourself and learning to forgive or ask for forgiveness, um, learning to be forgiving of yourself is just very important. I agree. And I think that when it comes to self-care as well as even mental health, that a lot of it is stuff that we've self-inflicted, just being more gentle in general with ourselves, And as you said, you know, being forgiving, I think it's critical when it comes to optimal mental health and self-care. We're so harsh on ourselves sometimes. Ultimately, you're going to be the problem for yourself if you can't learn to forgive yourself or learn that you are human and everyone else is the same way that you are when it comes to saying the wrong thing at the wrong time and not be so critical of who you are because everyone else is doing the same thing. And that even starts at a very young age. I know you mentioned that you started focusing on painting at a very young age as well. Half of all mental disorders begin by age 14 and three quarters by 24. So if we can really focus in on taking care of our own self-thoughts and our own well-being and our own self-care at an early age, I think that would just make a tremendous difference in the world. There's such a stigma around mental health or mental disorders or anxiety or stress or whatever. And I think that it's kind of become something where people are starting to be open-minded about talking about it now instead of making it seem like it needs to be hidden. So I think that understanding that when you're growing up, having these conversations at home is really important to talk to your kids or talk to your friends. Reaching out is not a bad thing. And understanding that sometimes you need to find an outlet because those are such pivotal years of trying to figure out who you are, but also you want to fit in and you want to be cool and stuff like that. You're really trying to create yourself in a light that you would like, but there is such a harsh pressure to be something else at times too. So I think having conversations, whether it's with either your parents or your friends or Definitely starting out at an early age would be just amazing if we could do that. I would love to see that we start with our children at a very young age and just really enforcing that they take some self-care time. And that might be that, you know, they go and they lay down or they read a book or whatever brings them joy. They paint, they color, anything of that nature where they can really just 
take some time to decompress would be absolutely amazing. And I think it, it would be world changing. I was reading that there's schools that even make sure that there's a meditation hour. So they teach kids yoga, but how to be themselves and sit quietly. And that's so cool to me because that's not something that was offered when I was in school. And I feel like I would be way less stressed out. I would be years ahead of where I am now if that would have been something that was offered when I was in school. And I know that you do dabble a bit in meditation and yoga, and those are some of your other go-tos. We don't have to have one main thing that's our go-to stress reliever or our go-to mental health break or self-care ritual. We can have a variety of different things in our life. And I think that's great. And I think we should mix it up once in a while. So do you just kind of go on urge or do you have certain days that you do yoga? How does that work into your routine? Yes, I don't have just one. I don't just paint to help with what I'm dealing with. So a lot of the times I will do yoga about twice a week. I mean, I usually do it before bed. I like to do restorative yoga. It makes me feel better. It makes me relax before I go to sleep. And I do it for about 30 minutes to an hour, depending on how much I need it. I also am the type of person who I fully believe that getting fresh air in your home is going to make a world of difference in how you feel throughout your day. So I'll wake up in the morning and I'll open up all my blinds in my house and I'll open up the windows and just get fresh air in my home. Four months out of the year, it's negative temperatures in the area that I live in. So I don't do that all the time. But when it's definitely allowed or when it's the right weather, I will do that. And I do that usually every morning. I will just open the windows and I'll light like incense and kind of clear the air in my home and make sure that I'm getting any negative energy in my house out. Or I'll try and cleanse my home of, of any type of energy that just maybe I'm the bad energy. And so having that sunlight in my house and that fresh air makes me feel a lot better. I am more of a Monica from Friends and I like to clean a lot. So I like making sure that like having no dishes in my sink makes me feel way less stressed out. It's just that gratification of seeing that my house is clean makes me feel like my my mind is clean as well because I'm not focusing on all these other things that I need to be doing along with housework. I can just focus on what I need to do. So it makes it easier to make a list of things that I need to get done for work or make sure that I have all attention kind of focused on if I'm having a conversation with someone, I'm not focusing on, oh my gosh, there's dishes in my sink and I need to get that done, but I'm trying to listen to this person. I'm able to just focus on that conversation and be present in my time when I'm talking to someone. I can completely just resonate with what you're saying. I feel the same way. I love the fact that you hit on opening the windows and letting that fresh air come in. We've talked in past podcasts about the energy that we have in our home and how important that is and allowing fresh new energy to come into your home. And I think that's very, very important. And it really helps with self-care, the stress, the anxiety, the guilt, all of that is just bringing something nice and fresh and healthy into your life. I also want to touch on the fact that you do live in North Dakota and you are basically in quarantine, if you will, every year for a few months. It's hard sometimes for people that are not in those environments where we're in our home quite a bit due to the elements or whatever it is. Now we're being forced into that situation with COVID and it's really important that we have things that we can do in our home that doesn't require, you know, going out to the gym or to have to be out with the public. So creating your own safe space, which it sounds like you've done very nicely, where you can decompress and have amazing self-care is very important. 
Do you want to elaborate on anything else that you do to really help your self-care for those people that might be stuck in their home? So four months out of the year, it is again in negative temperatures. So you are pretty much going from your house to your car to work to your car and back home. You don't hang out outside. You, it's not something where you can just step outside and get fresh air. So with that, whenever I am home in the, in the winter months, I will make sure that not only am I doing what I've already spoke on, which is cleaning my house and doing yoga and painting, I listen to the fact that if I am feeling a little bit down, I listen to my body and I don't push myself to do any more than I need to. Because sometimes pushing yourself to be more outgoing or to do more than you genuinely want to at the moment, that can be a little bit harder on you as well. And that takes out energy that you already didn't have in the first place. So if I'm feeling like I just need a break, I will allow myself to veg out on the couch or I will allow myself to eat a little bit less healthy than I would like to. Not a whole bunch. I'm not saying that I'm changing my whole diet to be less healthy, but I will allow myself a popsicle or, you know, a little bit more ice cream than I would usually eat. Or if I want pasta, I'll have pasta. But there's things that I like to do when not only is it cold outside and I don't get that interaction, my friends and I will make before all of this COVID-19 stuff was going on, my friends and I would make a point to meet up at work a little bit later on. So that way we can hang out and have that social interaction and finding ways to still get outside because when you are stuck in your home for so long and Mm -hmm. it is cold outside and you don't get that interaction, I might look outside to other people for interaction that that I'm not getting at home. So Mm -hmm. that way I can kind of break up the norm of just being at home, going to work, coming back home and repeating that every day. So finding time to see other people or to hang out with friends, whether I guess at this point it would be through Zoom or through FaceTime or what have you, making sure that I'm reaching out to other people as well, because that is something that it does really help with self-care is making sure that you're you're not just sitting by yourself or sitting at home all day without any interaction from anyone else. I completely agree. And I know that we've had, um, we had a Zoom birthday call in my family, which was fun. And um, we've talked about having Zoom lunches as well. You know, sometimes though we forget that we can connect via the internet or via technology and it's right there at our fingertips, but we forget to use it. I couldn't agree with that more. I think that we're very fortunate to live in a time where you can be together without having to be together. And that has really helped because our family lives all over the country Mm -hmm. and we're able to still be right there chatting with each other. I mean, I wake up and I'll have coffee dates with friends or I will have, again, happy hours with friends. And it's not always like drink related or food related, but just being able to set aside time. Um, A lot of my friends, we all paint together. It's something that we've all found really helps us. And we're very supportive of each other's artistic abilities. So whether we paint in different ways or we have different um, styles we'll sit and have FaceTime dates and we will FaceTime or Zoom and we'll all be painting together and just catching up on life. And whether we're saying something or we're saying nothing, having that interaction and having someone seem like they're right next to you is very uplifting. It's great for the soul. And it's really all about mind, body, and soul when it comes to self-care. 
you know, if there's a blessing at all in the situation that we're in in the world right now with the pandemic is that we have been given a special opportunity to all slow down, which quite often when it comes to self-care, we're going at such a rapid pace that we do forget to take care of ourselves properly. And the world has afforded us this beautiful opportunity to really slow down and take care of ourselves to reconnect with ourselves in a way that we probably wouldn't have by engaging and taking up hobbies that we, you know, thought that someday we might get to and yet it never happens or just by exploring new things like cooking and learning the new language. I love that and I think it's really important that we don't put life on complete hold when things get back to normal and that we really take away from this opportunity that we've had with this pandemic and get back to the roots of what our natural self is, just refocus back on the self-care because self-care does play right into our mental health. Yes. I think that that when you come out of this, I hope that every person really was able to tackle things that they said that they were going to do, but they never had time to do. Mm -hmm. um, you can be positive about anything coming out of this. You have either read a book that you wanted to read that you've just never found the time to do or rekindled relationships that you kind of let go of, or you were able to look at things from the outside in. I think that's really important. If there's one thing that you would like to share with people that they need to know most about self-care, what would that be? So when it comes to self-care, I don't think that what works for one person is going to always work for another. And I think that that is something where you can have this whole shell of self-care, which again, talking back on doing a face mask or taking a bath. Those things definitely do help with self-care, but I think working from the inside out is very important. Same thing when you're at home is you have to make sure that your home is a sanctuary for you, especially if you are someone who deals with stress and anxiety and maybe mental health issues of any kind, making sure that you are having your home be a safe space, not only for you, but if you have friends, like my home is always welcome to anybody that needs a safe space because I've created that enough for myself that I have a lot of friends out here that will reach out just to come and sit down and have five minutes alone. Having that space is very important. Um, having a, sig a significant other who also needs that safe space is very important. When it comes to self-care, again, it's from the inside out. So remembering that it's not what everyone else is doing. It's what works best for you, whether that is painting or maybe it is, maybe it is a face mask every night that makes you feel better or drinking extra water. I went from drinking so much coffee. I'm not kidding. I think I had about a pot of coffee every single day to myself. That's around mm -hmm. like six cups. And I wasn't drinking hardly any water and I could feel it in my skin. I could feel it in my mind. So I've changed that. Now I'm drinking way more water and maybe a cup of coffee every day. And I'm still getting that caffeine, but it's not as much and it's not as much of an influence because having too much caffeine or relying on something else can really, really kind of make things harder on your mental health because you're not getting what you need out of your every day. That's my biggest takeaway. I think is find what works for you and not maybe what works for someone else. I absolutely love that. And I think that everybody needs to take that away because painting may not work for some people and something else will. So it's just finding that niche. There's people that are going to find, if you're too much of a perfectionist, 
maybe painting's not for you, maybe drawing isn't for you, but maybe finding something else that works. And it might not work the first time. I mean, dabble in different things and kind of fall back onto something. If you find that you even found a little bit of a spark of hope with it, maybe it is learning how to take a nap. I can't nap. It makes me stressed out because I feel like I'm wasting my time. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I have days where I've now become someone who I, okay, I should say that I used to not be able to nap. And now I'm way more able to do so because I've found that I feel better in the afternoons or in the evenings on my days off if I give myself that extra hour of sleep that I maybe wasn't getting the night before. It's really about allowing yourself and knowing that you're worthy of taking that time out for yourself and being able to allow yourself to take that nap or allow yourself to take 30 minutes to read a book or an hour to read a book. We all need to know that we're absolutely worthy of that time because people can get stressed out about taking that time to themselves. It's very important. It needs to be a priority in our lives. It needs to be something where you need to understand that as much as you want to get everything else done, if you are a busybody or if you are someone who doesn't think that they're allowed to have that time to take to themselves, you you need to and you are worthy of that time. And no one's going to be upset if you take that time to yourself. You're allowed to take an hour or a day, take a vacation if you need to. Something that's going to help you get back to your sense of self is really important. You were mentioning that we need to find out what really works for us. We're all individuals and we all resonate with different things in our life, but it's really about a self-care practice. It's not about getting it right. So it's something that we will continue to do and will evolve. And right now, maybe yoga is a good thing in your life, but maybe you'll evolve and you'll want to do something else. So it doesn't always have to be that we're going to stick with this little thing either. So it's about working on your self-care practice and not necessarily about getting something absolutely right. Yes, I think. And that kind of ties into being forgiving of yourself too. So not only are you practicing self-care, whether it's with a form of meditation or what works best for you, but I think self-care ultimately also helps with learning to forgive yourself because you're not going to, you're not, you might not find it right away. So understanding that you need to give yourself that time to be forgiving and also learning a new process of something else and being open-minded to your self-care form. Exactly. I truly appreciate you sharing your story with us today, Daily. Thank you so much. We covered the importance of having self-care tools in our life to navigate anxiety, stress, and other challenges such as mindfulness techniques like painting, meditation, yoga and exercise, using words of affirmation or uplifting social media, spending quality time doing things that bring us joy, creating our own sleep routines with your own sleep rhythm, and having a support system with open communication and understanding. I hope that all of our listeners have some great takeaways and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks daily. Of course. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Life Management Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please take a moment to like, subscribe, and share. It really helps us reach more listeners. If you want to connect, please drop your comments below or visit GretchenSmithCoaching.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at GretchenSmithCoaching or Facebook at Spiritual Life Management. Additional information on this episode can be found below in the show notes.